Do you know what it will entice you to clean? If your house smells like a beach afterward and it doesn't smell like, you know, cleaning products. Well, enter Clorox. They can transform your space into a tropical getaway by upgrading your cleaning routine with coconut scented Clorox Sentiva. It smells like coconut. It cleans like Clorox and it feels like inspiration. With a refreshing scent that will leave your home clean and fresh, elevating any room into an oasis. Now you can express your style and get shiny clean, get Clorox Sentiva at a nearby retail store, also available in grapefruit or lavender scents. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. He was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's of kid treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. From iHeart Podcasts. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. He's breathing right now? Yes, he's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. A story about money, power, and corruption. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. I'm Paul Pringle, an investigative reporter for the LA Times. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast with iHeartRadio. Ashley, it really does feel like we're back. I mean, we are talking about Claire's season. It's been months since we've had a season to talk about, and it's been great. Now, don't get me wrong. We've had a great time with the the shows that we've been able to do and it's been really fun. Who would have thought we could go like 8 months without talking about a <laughs> season? I mean with that's this talent podcast. Ashley. That's just talent. Um it actually has been great and we've got to do a ton of new things. But we're back talking about Claire's season and it is going to be a season to talk about. This first episode is wild. Ashley before we break down Claire's season, uh, mm-hmm. I want to ask you about this game uh, that you and Nick did. I I had a text from Jared uh, asking me to kind of fill in a video for you two um, for this game. Ashley, tell us all about it. Okay, so Jared does this thing. It's called the Schmodown, and it's a movie trivia contest. Mm -hmm. So you just act like, you know, you're in the WWE, 
and you're competing as to who knows the most trivial trivial small details of movie trivia so they decided to do a bachelor version of it and i will say some of the questions were total gimmies but some of them were hard and some of them were gimmies that i could i blanked completely on Mm. like melissa rycroft okay like what anyway nick and i the first couple rounds pretty easy breezy then we really got into it you guys um we had a big fight over if I was playing by the rules, he thought that Jared was like some secret bachelor encyclopedia feeding me the answers. And I'm like, Nick, come on now. Come on. No. So you guys, you can watch it. It's on YouTube. Just type in Ashley and Nick Schmodown bachelor trivia. It's 45 minutes. It's a little bit long, but people say in the comments that they don't even watch the bachelor and they were thoroughly entertained for that amount of time. I'd be entertained by you and Nick. Um, <laughs> You know, the, the funny thing is Jared was always, is always, if, if you don't know Jared, like that dude speaks in movie quotes. He mm-hmm. speaks in movie, tri- like that guy is an encyclopedia. He's the very first person I met that literally he'll say something. you be like, did you come up with that? Or is that from a movie? And he'll be like, no, that's from some movie in the 1990s. Like he just remembers stuff that I never do. Oh, it's weird. It's weird. Babe, you don't remember the conversation we had at dinner a week ago, but you remember this line from a movie you've seen once? Like, he will remember small little details about movies that he that he has seen a decade ago once or twice. It's it's actually very impressive. Well, hey, go tune in. Where can people watch it at? What's it? YouTube. Well, they just type in Ashley and Nick. Schmodown, Bachelor Trivia, Ashley and Nick into YouTube. It'll come up. Okay, perfect. So Nick and I have, you know, been on four seasons, respectively, of the Bachelor franchise. And now Claire beats us with her fifth season. Are we ready to dive in? Let's dive in. Let's dive in. Um, Actually, I got a few texts from a few friends of mine. Uh, In fact, uh, there is an almost famous listener uh, who I ran into at Ashkara, my restaurant here in Denver, uh, just a few days ago. She had heard about Ashkara from the podcast, nice. came to it, was asking me all about Claire's season. I had already seen the episode, so I wasn't giving anything away, but she was mm-hmm. stoked, so stoked about this season coming up. Uh, and here's the thing. I'm so excited about it, too. I don't say that every time. I don't want people to say, think that because I, you know and I know that sometimes a season just doesn't connect with me. Well, you and I both like have had the privilege of seeing some friends become leads. Yeah. So, of course, we're going to be more excited about those seasons, this being one of them. And I think it's built up to be the season that we all expected, right? So, mm-hmm. okay, I was talking to uh, a few friends this week, um, and they were really hoping this season like connected people more. Like It felt more relatable because of COVID. Like They didn't try to ignore COVID. They just dove into mm-hmm. it. And they did, right? I mean, this I loved open, it. This opening was so much better for me than the guys' packages. Like, this was me awesome. Too. No packages. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. Th- th- that was some wasted trips for producers back in February. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> they, d- they didn't roll any packages, but I love the fact that they were like, okay, this is how we dealt with it. And, like, these guys are being sequestered. They're being tested because we were getting so many questions in the offseason. Like, how, like how irresponsible of them to do that. And I like the way that they just were like, no, we were responsible. Thanks. Well, and so they show that, and I think nobody's going to question their responsibility. Um, but here's another piece that I actually really enjoyed was watching Claire. 
So, like, not only do we have Claire, who gets asked to be the Bachelorette, in a sense, out of nowhere. Like, this wasn't expected. She's super excited. Um, she's, in her mind, formulating these ideas that she is going to uh, potentially find somebody that she can share life with. Uh, we hear her story of, um, you know, her mom being in a care facility because mm-hmm. of dementia and Alzheimer's. And then we also, you know, know the story of her father. So we're feeling for Claire. I'm feeling for Claire yeah. because there's just a lot of like heaviness in this situation. And then she, you know, COVID hits and things get delayed. And I, I had, I personally had like an emotional reaction to how she was probably feeling in this moment while it felt like the world was passing her by and her moment wasn't going to ever happen. I felt like I got emotional when she was sitting down with Harrison, supposedly the night that they started filming and she was talking about her dad. And I was just thinking like, you know, her mom has Alzheimer's. Her dad isn't here anymore. And I just want, like, I feel like they should be just, they need to be so proud of her for, the woman that they raised because she's just definition woman empowerment. And I think that she's a great role model for girls out there. Definitely. And so we're feeling for Claire. And I think that's, that's always an important thing for the show to do with the lead is allow us because they've obviously been fans of her that they would have chose her if not, but like not all of us have been able to know Claire well over the last few years. And so right away, I thought this episode did a great job at really bringing the viewership onto team team Claire. And that's for me, I know, you know, we know her, we want that for her. Like, um, we wanted that for her in this big moment, but the show, I thought that first opening piece of the show did an incredible job for all of us to go, all right, we'll follow this journey and we're going to have a great time doing it. Absolutely. Now we just hope for the best. So, uh, Ashley. Now we hope there's a good enough, uh, there's a good selection of men coming out of those limos. Definitely. And that's where you step in here. I'm going to stay quiet. <laughs> uh, let's run down. Uh, I don't know if we got to go by names. So who, I don't know whether I remember all these guys, but I can tell you who I did remember in, in this list. That's important. Yeah, that's important. Okay. So, Bennett. How, how can we not remember Bennett? He's the gentleman of Harvard, as I like to call him, as an ode to the social network. He comes in a Bentley. His name is Bennett. He has a white scarf around his tux, like around his 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 shoulders. He just presents himself like what what's that word? It's not pompous, but he's very Is it pompous? It's pompous. Yeah. <laughs> You know what it reminds me of? It remind and it makes me like get the shivers a little bit because this this isn't like this doesn't end well. I don't think for Bennett. That's I don't know, but I just can't imagine. Mm, but I feel like he's a caricature of it, and he he's fine inside. But I think he's hamming this this sto- this uh, characterization of him up. And that would be great if that's the case. That'd be great. But I remember, and I, I can't remember the guy's name, but he caused just an absolute. Havoc. I think it was during Emily Maynard's season where he like flew, yeah, yeah flew in on a helicopter. He acted like he was he was rich and wealthy, and that you know nobody could hold a light to him. And it just ended poorly for him. I hope he, but he never played out of the character. I hope that Bennett just like plays up to the character, and then we see like I think he's going to. Okay, well that's a good. Okay, th- that's great. I, I would hope that. I think he's going to. Um be a little bit more self-aware than Kaylin was. Uh, and, and correction, it wasn't a Bentley that he rolled up in. It was a Rolls Royce. Ah, uh, okay. And Ben, between you and I, 
he was on the date that I was at. And he definitely plays into it in like a very innocent way. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Who else? In a funny way. Who else stands up to you? Um, okay. So Ben, Ben came across as a night. He's a nice guy. I remember, you know, I can say Ben and I know his face and I know like the vibes that I got from him. So that seems like a good one. I, you uh, know, Blake. actually, I always yeah. like the guys. Well, yeah. I always like Ben's, <laughs> you know, no, I always have admiration for the guys that, uh, come off nervous right away because I know they care and I know this isn't familiar with them. <laughs> And I know they like they're being authentically them because you can't mm-hmm. like hide nerves. Uh, and I say that just because it makes me feel a little bit better about myself because I was so nervous that I just literally was terrible right out of the gate. And so when a guy gets out nervous, I go, OK, that guy is going to come into his own. We're going to see this progression of him. And I'm like, I get I look forward to that because I know this experience is going to be good for them to come out of their shell. Your book reminded me that I really have to go back and watch your you come out of the limo because apparently you're like I um my name is um Ben and oh it's terrible really great to um uh uh meet you ladies like if that's what you say oh I happened. did it was so bad Ash it was so bad and I was but it's very endearing but yeah now I look back and I'm like okay I get it but when these guys are nervous I don't go oh that guy's a loser he doesn't have game it's like no he's just He's just nervous. And I say that just to make myself feel better. I know. Okay. Who else? Okay. So Blake, um, there's two Blakes and they, they're both Blake M. <laughs> uh, there's Blake Monar. He's 31. And then there's Blake Monoise and he's 29. And I know that the 29 year old was the one who reached out to Claire during the COVID quarantine period and asked about her mom. She was so impressed by him. She loved the fact that he took a risk just to check in on her because if producers found out, I guess there would have been possibly a chance that they would have told him that he could no longer be part of the cast. Um, but she was she was so into that that she kissed him, that they kissed, and according to how we saw it unfold on TV, he was the first kiss before she kissed Dale. Yeah. You know what? I, I love that scene. Because this is uncharted territory for the show. Uh, you know, the guys were announced, and then they have months of sitting with social media and knowing who's going to be on her season. Like, this is mm-hmm. a different season. I like that he he didn't, like, try to maybe enhance... It doesn't sound like he like was, like, trying to flirt or enhance the relationship. It sounded like what he reached out to do was just simply care for her. Mm-hmm. And... I like that. Like, I don't think the show can be mad about that. Like, that's a, that they shows good character. That's great. And, yeah. and I'm glad she reinforced that it was okay. I'm sure he wasn't yeah. the only one. Um, I'm sure there was I others. Mean, she says, she says that he was the only one. Now, I, I like to, I like, I wonder here. Yeah. Did she say that? Did she make a point to say you're the only other one to hide others <laughs> or not? I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure we'll find out, right? The show's not dumb. They'll, they'll highlight. But either way, great move for him. He stood out to me. And uh, he, he right now, he's one of my favorites. Yeah. And from what we saw, we also see that he gets the first rose at the rose ceremony after Dale gets the first impression rose. All right. Let's move down. Chasen, um, I know Chasen because I've met him before the show, so he obviously stood out, and I really liked his um, Knight in Shining Armor stunt. Uh, As we saw, it's heavy. That was impressive because it wasn't fake. It wasn't like some like 
Halloween costume, like you see Harrison picking it up at the end, and like it's heavy. I love Harrison's yeah. line there. It's he's just good, and he goes, "It smells like bad aftershave." Like so, so good. <laughs> uh, and then Dale. Dale is the next one that I remember on the list. I mean, how far do we go into talking about Dale? It's. I don't think we talk about it a lot because here's the thing: we know he's going to be around a while, and the show made no secrets. This isn't a spoiler. They made do no. You love that? I loved that. I did too. You didn't love it? No, I did. I loved it okay. because the show made no secrets that Dale is going to not be. Maybe I, we don't know if he's going to be controversial yet as a character. What we do know is the guys have very strong reactions to his relationship with Claire, and we know that's going to be a storyline throughout her time on this show. So. I enjoyed it because it helped bring light to what we've kind of been hinting at or thinking that was going to happen. Uh, but they left no secrets during this first episode. That. You did. They didn't like treat us like we were we were dumb. Like they knew that we knew things. They knew that your that your average viewer knew that he's the one to watch out for. Um, and like I maybe maybe to. To people who like are totally blind to pop culture news, maybe they were like, "Hmm, why are they talking about this guy so much?" But I mean, Claire even said, like, they even keep the line in there where she says, "I think that's my future husband. I think I just met my future husband. I have chills." And then Harrison comes over and talk to her about that moment. And part of me is, part of me initially was like, "Oh, Claire, this is silly. You've been waiting to meet him. Like, mm-hmm. you you must have been talking to him." all that that's my first reaction and then I like check myself and I go Ashley you acted the exact same way when you first met Jared like you had the exact same reaction I don't remember though a lead ever having this strong of reaction to one person like she was nervous around him I think he was obviously nervous around her but like there was a giddiness to both of them that I've never seen on a first episode I've seen it during a season but like their first talk together felt like these two like love struck puppies were meeting for the first time and they knew something like they just knew that this was something special. She like she she I'll say it like this. She lost her bachelorette character, which happens at like, you know, as the weeks go on. But like night one, you're typically the bachelor or bachelorette all night like you are processing through you are. Uh, you know, leading conversations, you are helping these contestants become less nervous, right? Like she lost that character with him night one. Yeah, she had no cool. No cool, which is great. Hey. Yeah. So now that we're on the topic of Dale, you know, he gets the first impression rose, which is absolutely no shocker. (laughs) She thought he was her husband at first sight. And uh, it seems like in the teasers that not only is she going to continue to give him preferential treatment, favoritism perhaps, but the guys are also going to be like, Dale isn't the guy that you think he is, which is basically classic for any sort of front runner early on. Definitely. Which we'll know his, you know, his launder will be aired during the season if he has it or not. Like if you're a front runner, you are going to get the eyes. You have the target on your back from everybody in that house. Like they are going to, I, I can't think of a better word here, but they're going to judge you at, at all times because they're trying to figure out what's going on and why this is happening. Um, it just happens every season. So we'll know Dale pretty well, I think, by the end of the season. We'll have to make 
uh, a judgment call then. Uh, somebody else who stood out to me was Easy. Easy. Okay. Uh, Easy was a guy. I mean, there was like a connection there that yeah, I. Easy I, was good. Yeah. And uh, and he just seems like that guy that will stay around. I don't know for how long. Um, without causing too much havoc, which out without causing too much of a scene, but he'll just be that uh-huh. like calming force in the house. Um, and he was confident. Like he he had a confidence that wasn't like annoying. Um, so easy stood out to me. He had a good swag, a nice settled confidence. So Ashley, uh, outside of easy, I have one more guy that that I thought would stand out to me, and he did it. And uh, he did not. He did not. Uh, okay. I was, and I know you and I both had high hopes for this guy, and he just kind of I felt disappeared. Tell me if you think I'm crazy. Jeremy, the banker from Washington uh, D.C., just didn't like. I just you didn't see a lot of him. Banker from D.C. is he's he the, the same one as he's the he's the is he a former football player? I don't think so. I remember the guy from. Oh no, no. The for, oh guy from Arlington. Okay, so the guy from Arlington is a former football player. Uh, yeah, I remember. I put him in my top three yesterday or last week. <laughs> you didn't see a lot of him. Like you, you kind of saw him in some scenes, but he didn't stand out, which I really thought he would. Um, that was just surprising to me. I guess. Yeah, maybe he doesn't stick around long. Well, or he's a sneaky little guy, and he comes up week four and just blows our mind with attention. Joe stood out to me because he's an anesthesiologist, and so is my dad. <laughs> That's a good job. Uh, let's see who else. And then the boy band, the boy band of manager, course. which of course we know why I would think that he stood out. But he actually did get a lot of screen time because I don't think he got any any private time with Claire, and he was very stressed about that. But he continued to sail on to next week. A lot of guys okay. didn't get uh, a time with claire because of a big controversy this week i mean exactly where i was gonna go yeah. right like right off the bat uh episode one we have drama and and it's funny you see uh, one of the contestants sit back and he goes this is gonna get juicy and you like see him sit back in his couch as this drama is unfolding in front of him and it's the moment that we've talked about on this podcast before it's where you go oh my gosh everybody's gonna think this is scripted everybody's gonna think this is fake but it's not, and I have a front row seat at what will be shown on the show, and it is wild. Okay, yeah. So that was between Yosef and Tyler C. Tyler C., which is it's kind of a blasphemous <laughs> to call him Tyler C., right? Um, it's even more blasphemous to call him Matthew McConaughey wannabe or little Matthew McConaughey. How rude. That is not an accurate description of this Tyler C. So he's just like a meddler, you know, he was like, I have this inside info and I can't wait to stir up the drama. And then he was like, I heard you, Yosef have been DMing with a girl in my town. And like, you like to float around in girls DMS and see if you can get attention. It's like, okay, like that's not that incriminating. If you were to say like he had a real girlfriend, that would be incriminating. It would also be something that we've seen plenty of times before, so it wouldn't really like wide my eyes. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, I mean, here's the thing, Ashley. Do you have a problem with? Are you on the side of Yosef? Like, do you agree with Claire's decision to keep Yosef around and let Tyler C go? Yes, because Tyler C was a drama queen. I didn't. I thought that she was going to eliminate both of them, being like, yeah. "I don't need this drama. Like, I'm so beyond this." Yosef didn't come across as any sort of saint. He came across pretty unlikable, in my opinion. 
uh, he also, I, I, I do love the way that she handled the situation when it was brought to her. Yosef went up to her and then she was like, okay, okay, okay. The second she heard drama, she's like, I'm going to bring the other guy over here and we're going to hash this out in front of me. So I don't have to deal with any, he said versus he said, uh, so I think that she handled it well. And then she walked away saying like, this is a waste of my time and the other guy's mm. time. So whatever, hash it out. She handled it great. I mean, I, I don't agree. know why she kept Yosef around. That was kind of weird, but hey. I mean, we've always said, right? Like the mark of a good lead on this show is not if we like him or not. Like it's super easy to make people likable, but it's how they handle controversy yeah. in tough situations. And I was like, this is fantastic. Like Claire did something and no, and no knock to Peter. Again, I love Peter as a human, but like this is the yeah. thing that annoyed us the whole time with that. Yes. was like, put your foot down, like say that this isn't okay. Make them figure it out. And if they can't, then you have to step in in those moments and make a decision for yourself. But like Claire showed like right there, like this stuff, any taking away from what is good about this show is not going to not going to work this season. Right. That was a demonstration of her being more mature in the situation and her having experience on the show. And I loved Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, it was uh, it was a good moment, I thought, for Claire, but also an intriguing moment on a first episode. You don't see this very often. It always shocks me these guys that come onto the show and they go, okay, I've seen seasons and seasons in the past. I've seen kind of like, maybe not what works and not, you don't want to manipulate it. You want to be yourself, but like, Hey, me being the guy that bring up the drama, me being the guy to step into, like it never works. So like, how no. do they still <laughs> do it? Like, I don't know. I was so confused. It's like in night one, night one, like night one. Like, wait four weeks, see what happens, see if the guy's still around, see if it's getting serious, then maybe, like, say something to him. Like, say something to him first and say, hey, like, I know about this. Tell me more. Help me understand why you did this so I can either be on your team or, you know, bring this up to the the board above you, which would be Claire. But instead, night one, he just goes firing at it. Like, he had this held, again, maybe he had it held in for two weeks, and he was just like, I can't wait to tell somebody. I'm freaking out. I know. He, he was just jumping to it. The guy didn't even bother him. He wasn't even in a conversation oh. with the guy. <laughs> he was not being threatened whatsoever. He was like, I'm here, and I'm going to eliminate a man myself. <laughs> it's so crazy. It's like, you don't even know if Yosef is a threat yet in the show. Like, you don't even know if he's going to be around after tonight. So, like... It's not like this is the guy she's falling in love with. It's not like this guy has no, any I level. Know. Like a, a, a big move for Tyler C, which didn't work out in the end. Tyler C obviously <laughs> went home, which we'll talk in a bit about who went home and who didn't. But the 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 Yosef-Tyler C drama definitely stole the show for a while, which again brings us to what you're saying. A lot of guys on this episode we didn't get to see and Claire didn't get to speak with because of that drama on night one. Now, how many of those guys do you know off the top of your head that went home didn't get to speak with her? Because I felt like every guy that she sent home, she did get to speak with a little bit at least. Um, I know Paige was upset that he didn't get more time. But I do think she made a decision based on who she spoke with and who she wasn't feeling. You're saying that she, you don't think she eliminated anyone that she did not speak with? I don't remember her eliminating what? anybody she didn't speak with. Well, I do feel like the first rose ceremony and the second rose ceremony are very similar because at that point you really only get like 10 minutes tops of conversation with everybody unless you have a one-on-one with them the first week. So like, yeah, I think that's, it 
if she didn't talk to them, I'm glad that she kept them around for another week so they could have a discussion. And if she did talk to them and then she didn't feel anything, then she was like, okay, goodbye. Yeah, it was. it is a lot of, like, physical, too, attraction. Like, week one yeah. and two is it's like, okay, do we have that chemistry? Do we have that vibe? Am I attracted to you physically? And then you typically will send them home, and she did that. But before she sent people home, we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast uh, – Blake Moynes stood out um, because of his time kind of messaging Claire and caring for Claire during this break, which was something that we, uh, I think, both are a, were a fan of. We think it was a good move on his part. Yeah, loved it, loved it. And then the other big moment was just Dale getting the first impression rose, them kissing. Not a shock. Not a shock. I mean, not a shock at all. I feel like – is this – this is, okay, I, I don't think this is bad to say because she said, I feel like that's my husband. So that's like a very extreme comment that I don't know that Dale could match at this point. <laughs> but uh, I feel like she's more into Dale right now than Dale is into her. Yeah, I mean, she. what we do see is that she's like, I mean, you can't get any more into somebody when you say, I just think I met my future well, that's husband. That's what I mean. Yeah, like... There's no, I don't think there's any higher praise for the somebody you're into than saying, hey, like, I think I'm going to marry you. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's def- like almost an obvious comment that I just said that. Well, I think it's a good comment to highlight, though. I think it's like, yeah, it's obvious, but it, I think it's fair to say because we see this, you know, this dynamic right now unfolding in front of us where Claire is saying, oh, my gosh, I just met my husband. We don't we haven't heard that from Dale. We don't know Dale's opinion of Claire yet, other than the fact that he's interested. And we've seen future clips that point to them, like waking up next to each other. So that seems to be some good progress. Yeah. But and also with their kiss, I was going to say with their kiss, um, she definitely like has her hands out ready to grab his face. Then he leans in like when he sees that body language or she's like uh, going for him. Yeah, that's a good move. I mean, she she kind of gave the universal sign for I want to kiss you. You put your hands up in the air and move it towards (laughs) a person's face and see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's it's sweet. And, And but this love story is one. That is obviously going to be something we have to watch throughout the season. Nobody, as we mentioned, left this episode knowing or not knowing that there was something going on with Dale and Claire that was unique and something we don't see often. Now, to close up this whole thought and this whole recap, because I think it's an important note. Ashley, mm-hmm. what is your just theory on how this progresses as we see Dale and Claire get closer? as we know they get closer and the other guys have to respond. What is your theory for how this plays out? I feel like she gets to the point where she can't fake um, being into anybody else. And she's showing so much favoritism towards Dale that the guys end up getting very mad at her and, and jealous of Dale. And that's when Chris Harrison says, we can't continue like this, Claire, or whatever he said along those lines. And that's when she has to make the decision to just leave with Dale or continue this process as it normally would go. It's absolutely wild. Um, there was a scene there. Well, there's two things. Chris Harrison is the highlight of my thought. One is the comment that we've talked about now for two weeks where he made this end. This is 100% Claire season start to finish. That is even more confusing to me now than it was two <laughs> weeks ago after seeing this first episode because we know that this something happens that dramatically changes the, the Bachelorette. The second 
is Chris Harrison, and I'm not going to get it word for word, but everybody will know what I'm talking about. In that same time, sitting with Claire, he goes, um, this is not good. This is not oh. good. Like, he, yeah. he hints that, like, okay, so for me, if I had a bachelorette sitting across from me that has just fallen so madly in love that she's ready to leave, I don't know if, if Chris Harrison's typical response. I think he would celebrate love, and he would go, hey, like, I get it. This is not okay, like, in terms of the show, but this is so good to celebrate. And maybe he does, and we just didn't see that part. Yeah. But it almost this to me. This part of you being, like, closed off to every other man here is not good for us. <laughs> MTV reasons. I have a theory that I mean, but she seems happy. Like I had, I, it felt there that something had happened in that moment that was like not good holistically, like all around not good. Something had hmm. occurred that like e- even like she was upset about. I don't know. Interesting. It like pointed to more drama than I think we've known about, and it, that might solve the question of is this Claire season start to finish. Like, is this, is there more here than what we understand and know yet? But then how do you explain the other guys saying, are we going to get a new Bachelorette? And then that limo pulling up. Oh, I think it's all a big tease, Ash. I think we're, I think we're in for it this season. The best publicity stunt of all time. (laughs) I think we're in for it this season. It's going to be a season to watch. Obviously night one is uh, unique. There are people going home that we don't know uh, that we will never see again that will probably forget about unless they're like a a Joe or uh, somebody that comes back on Paradise and we have Mm -hmm. to kind of get reintroduced to them. Um, So let's not stop and talk about the guys that got sent home. Uh, It's been great to focus on the guys that are still there, which obviously Dale and Blake and those standouts uh, have really been highlighted. Ashley, um, I know that we have a couple great guests that are coming up really soon that we have to get to. This was a great episode. It did not disappoint. Um, but let's take a break. We're going to talk to Kelsey and McKenna uh, and Robert Graham about everything Bachelor, their lives, their dating lives, and everything they got going on. Yeah, like, is Robert dating Christina? Shulman? What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, 
and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. Well, Ashley, we have some hot topics to dive into before we break down Claire's episode and before we bring on guests. The first one uh, came as a shock. Uh, I saw on a headline... Uh, kind of just like randomly. And uh, it's Bachelorette alum, Luke Parker, if you remember, he was on uh, Hannah's season, lands in, and the headline says crippling debt. I don't know if we can prove that. I don't know his financial yeah. status, yeah. but this part is true. He broke uh, the contract with ABC, um, and, well, in, NZK went after it. Uh, this is one of the first times I've ever heard this. Ashley, what do we know? Yeah, so you guys, NZK is the production company that produces the The Bachelor with Warner Brothers, and it's aired on ABC. So we signed a contract with NZK, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, following some rules, one of which being that you can't do certain media uh, while you're under contract without being asked for permission. It's very, a very obvious one. 
and one that we were we were reminded of a lot and Luke decided to ignore this did a couple shows and they actually went through um, brought it to court and he is now obligated to pay them ten thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars a hundred thousand a hundred thousand dollars sorry i'm so bad with numbers it's a hundred thousand dollars it's a lot of money thousand yeah um but there's like also well there's other clauses in our contract and i can just tell you it could have been worse but this is still very this is rough for him this is rough i mean i never felt like the contract restricted me too much i mean i and i say that but like I also didn't have a bad experience on the show, and so I didn't. Ha- I don't have anything negative to say, and and people listen to the podcast know that. Like, I just, I, I'm sure some people have a bad experience, or they feel um, misinterpreted or whatever. For me, I didn't have that, so I don't. I, I can't relate with this. What I do know is a hundred thousand dollars is a lot of money, no matter who you are and what you've done. Um, and I also know that a contract's a contract. Like you sign something knowing that you're agreeing to whatever it is, and there isn't anything in there crazy. It's just pretty much, hey, like this is still a show that's going to be around a while. Don't disclose the secrets of the show, which aren't many. Just like, hey, don't badmouth the show. You are a contestant. We are giving you a platform. He did it, and it came back to bite him. Yeah, and, you know, people are going to be like, people have broken this rule before. You've done media without asking them. But you were never sued. But maybe, maybe here there is a part that the fact that what he said on this media was negative about them. I don't think we can deny that there's going to be an element there. Definitely. Well, and, and he spoke very openly about faith and his, his belief system, which is something that um, by title he and I share. You know, we, we mm-hmm. both... Uh, by title yeah but like there we talked about it in previous episodes you know back there in that season like there's nuances and details to how he communicated and what he was communicating that i don't agree with and and i think Mm -hmm. that that's just that's just any belief system right i mean there's a thousands upon thousands of denominations because people disagree on certain things and i think anytime you start to do that it gets personal for many and uh I would say this, uh, one thing I do know is if I was a contestant on The Bachelor or Bachelorette this season, I, I think this is uh, sending a message. Be, don't don't break this because this isn't just a fun little document you sign. This is a lot of people's livelihoods and uh, we're going to hold you accountable to it. Mm-hmm. I would totally. be scared. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything without asking. No, that. heck no. Yeah. I'd be really scared at this, yeah. Uh, on to some uh, better news. I would say that... Uh, this uh, fellow Denverite, so I live in Denver, uh, and this guy yeah. plays for the Denver Nuggets, Michael Porter Jr. He's a rising star in the NBA, and uh, he was Denver's draft pick last year. Uh, is bachelor the, the headline reads, Bachelor alum Madison Pruitt sparks romance rumors with NBA player Michael Porter Jr. Ben, have you ever met him? I mean, you're like famous in Denver. (laughs) You're not almost famous in Denver. You are famous in Denver. This is my small pond where I'm a fish and I get to swim in it every once in a while. (laughs) Uh, I've been in the same room as him. I can't remember if we've ever like talked. All I know is uh, I do uh, know some other people that, you know, have been around the Nuggets or have played for the Nuggets. People speak very highly of him. People love him in Denver. He is a rising star. He's not quite there yet, but he's a big name in the city. He's a big name in the NBA right now. Um, 
I can't speak to him personally at all, but I saw this and I was, uh, I smiled because I, I think it works, right? Madison, I, I just watched her Instagram videos once the headline came out and I was like, this girl loves basketball. She's great at basketball. Um, she's an athlete uh, at all levels. And uh, I mean, this looks like it would work, right? Like this looks like a, a, a reasonable uh, relationship. Outside of the fact that if you look at pictures, he's like six, I, mean, I don't know, he's like 6'10", and she's not a <laughs> tall girl. Like, that is, I mean, that's a big height difference. Cute, uh, but it's a big height difference. It's a huge height difference. I'm looking at this picture. It yeah. almost looks like he's double her height. I think they're a, an adorable couple. He's 22, she's 24. Um, they just look really nice together. He has a great smile. He's a very handsome guy. Um, and what was sparking these rumors, I think the rumors may have been flying for a bit, but yeah. it, it seems almost official because Michael's sister uh, posted on Instagram a picture of her, her husband, and Madison and Michael saying, my favorite double date. Ooh. And they're looking pretty snuggly in this picture. She's holding his hand, which is his arm. And his arm is around her shoulders. So they're they're definitely cuddly. It's not like one of those uh, tabloid headlines that says, like, getting cozy. And they're, like, oh. just standing next to each other. Like, they're actually getting cozy. Uh, I think they're adorable. And um, then underneath the picture... That was captioned, my favorite double date. Madison responded, love you, in the comment section. So, like, she's obviously pretty chummy with the sister already. That's great. Hey, uh, Madison has always held herself and, and handled herself well. Uh, she's uh, um, she's just a, a great uh, shining light. So, hey, celebrate Madison and Michael Porter Jr., wherever that leads. But at least for now, we'll say, hey, it looks like something – uh, speaking of romance and love, uh, People, uh, headline reads, Bachelor in Paradise, Crystal Nielsen, who's been on the podcast before, kisses new man after Chris Randone split. The caption le reads, lean into love. Yeah, I mean, I think this was posted a couple hours after we did the podcast last week, and I was oh. like, oh man, we really missed it on that fresh hot topic. This is a big one. So you guys know that Chris and and Crystal uh, separated in February after eight months of marriage. They announced that they were going to go through their go through with a divorce this summer, and now she has moved on um, to another man. She calls him this her special person, uh, and she posted a picture. And I'm going to read you the caption. She said. Well, this is what she posted on Instagram this week. She goes, so I just posted a photo on Instagram. I'm so excited. I'm honestly smiling so big because I have been wanting to share this post and this picture and this special person in my life for a while. I just ultimately decided that I want to really live in alignment with what I coach. And that is to lean into the things that make you happy and make you feel good and not hide and not hide that, but to fully embrace it. It's been so hard to keep this secret, and I'm just so, so excited to finally share it with you guys. Uh, I know that Chris followed up on Instagram by saying, like, thank you for those who have reached out to me asking if I'm okay. He also, I think, made a little comment about, like, what is my life? Uh, I can't imagine that seeing this was easy for him. I, I have to say that I feel for him. Uh, this was, this is a moment that 
every person who is split up with somebody else who they had strong feelings for uh, is obviously going to uh, dread. It's like a uh, somebody explained it to me, right? So anytime you get out of breakup, no matter if it was the right thing, right? Like, and I'm sure everybody out there yeah. listening can relate to this. If you break up, it's always going to be weird and hard because you're kind of like pulling that person away from your life. You're not going to be communicating with them as often when you're probably used to communicating with them daily, regularly. Um, you're not going to be seeing that person. There's going to be no more intimacy at any level. And so then when you break up, there is like that void. No matter, you know, if it's a healthy breakup and and the relationship was healthy, then there's going to be that void where it's like, man, it's it's a good thing we're done, but like it still hurts. It still feels weird maybe. And then when you see them dating somebody else, it's always the hardest part. It's also, I think, at some level, I would argue, like a healthy part because it's like ripping the Band-Aid off, right? Like it exposes the wound where it needs to be healed yeah. and it, it like, I'm dreading it, I'm dreading it, I'm dreading it. And it's like, oh, it's there. It's, it's like your done. heart drops and yes. you're like, the worst has now happened. So it's only, yes. an, it's like only, um, you know, uphill from here. Definitely. I remember in past breakups for me, like, and that hurt can last a while. Like that just awkwardness and that weird feeling. You don't want to check social media because you don't know what picture is going to be posted or how, what you're going to see. And it still feels, feels weird, but then it gets better. And it's like, yeah, you're right. Like, it's like your, your heart drops, you're at the lowest point and then there's healing and, uh, you know, good for her. Like she's found somebody, but hard on him and probably hard on her at some level too. We don't know, but that is the headline. Crystal Nielsen has announced that she's uh, leaning into love. Uh, speaking of love, Bachelor alum Taylor Nolan introduces new boyfriend Zach publicly and says he's not the only person she'll have sex with. This according to Us Weekly. So as you guys know, we've had Taylor on the podcast a couple times. Uh, she is very non-conventional when it comes to relationships and monogamy. She says um, about her new boyfriend and about like relationships in general that her preference of style of relationship is monogamish. I'm pretty sure she said that exact word we'll hear on Almost Famous. She says that she um, prefers to be consensually non-monogamous. So obviously like her and this guy are in this together. They both know that I guess it's like an open relationship, right? Yeah. That, so, so they've agreed upon this. They've agreed upon this. Um, she does say that past partners have thought that her needs and desires have been unrealistic to ask for in a relationship, but it looks like she's very happy with this. Her new man named Zach, who she met at a uh, fireside conference at Camp Walden in Ontario, Canada. He's 27. Um, they have been seeing each other for a while, but they just made it official within the past month or so. And uh, yeah, so she went from kind of teasing him on her Instagram mm -hmm. to now being full on out there in a non-monogamous relationship. It's, uh, you know, Taylor has always been one to um, teach or to uh, highlight things in society or especially in physical relationships um, that I've never really like heard of or like understood. And Taylor has always been the person we bring on to the podcast to talk about that because she's very open. She has her own podcast about it. Um, this is another step where I go, huh, never really thought about this. Don't know how it works, but. Uh, Not for me, but for you, okay. Yeah, and, and for probably many others out there. And so Taylor is uh, is taking the stand. She has announced new boyfriend, Zach. Um, well, 
Ashley, one of your favorite people in Bachelor Nation, uh, and I, I know you love this person dearly, uh, just stuns this week. I mean, just literally stuns like Victoria's Secret model. Oh my gosh, it's incredible, and uh, she's just a beautiful soul inside and out. Pregnant Jade Roper stuns in maternity picks as she prepares for third baby with Tanner Tolbert. This, according to Us Weekly, as well. You guys, if you haven't seen these pictures, go over to Jade's Instagram right now. She did this insanely gorgeous photo shoot. She looks like a pregnant Victoria's Secret angel. She has these beautiful couture wings on. Uh, the girl, the designer, Leah Maria, she sent them to her to um, borrow for this shoot. And she looks more beautiful than ever. She feels so good about herself. She said that she really wanted to do something fun, artistic, really beautiful because and feel like a like a pregnancy goddess because this pregnancy is so special it being probably her last she said pregnancy is so hard on your body i just wanted to celebrate the good parts of it so head over to her instagram they're so stunning everybody needs to see them now uh, tell me if i'm wrong here but i remember in the past like jade has been very open about you know the struggles of pregnancy like the the kind of the, like not feeling great oh yeah and even like after having the baby like postpartum like um, mm -hmm. depression and like she's always been somebody that again I've learned from through that preg pre pregnancy process uh, and so for me I saw these pictures and it's like uh, immediately you go holy cow like how awesome is it that she feels so good right now about herself and her body because she should that she's doing this photo shoot to highlight just how great she feels and how like momentous this moment is this is a big deal for her right Oh, yeah, definitely. And like, you know, ask Jade and she'll be like, uh, did part of me just want to sleep all day and, <clears throat> you know, just and not dress up like this? Totally. Because she does keep it very real. Uh, she's been talking about how she's just ready for this baby to come out, but she also wants to celebrate her body for all that it does and all that it's been through. And I'm glad that she made this moment for herself. I really do feel like, though, Ashley and they're friends of ours. But, like, every time I feel like we do this podcast, we talk about Jade being pregnant. Like, she has been cool. pregnant for a long time. Between pregnancy and nursing, like, she hasn't ha been able to have a drink, like, in the past three years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Seriously. What a mom. I mean, and, you know, it's it's definitely getting on her, you know, body. You know, she's definitely feeling the effects of having three babies so close together. Yeah. And they definitely are, you know, she says in this article thinking that this could be their last, like they planned on having four, but this, this third one feels like they're ready to get out of the little kid phase and start being able to have a little bit more freedom with kids. You know, you know, when you're in that like yeah. five, you know, five, six, seven, you're able to start like going on vacations and totting them around a little bit more often. I mean, just awesome though. Great pictures. Good for yeah. Jade. Uh, and good for Tanner. Uh, well, Ashley, a few weeks ago, I remember there were rumors swirling that, uh, Dean and Kaylin had split that people were wondering really oh there were there were definitely rumors going around the internet saying hey where they haven't been together oh, uh, because are, they did take like a week apart yeah <laughs> a, week. Thing, a, a week a week apart. apart well we now know that's just not true because Kaylin and Dean are in the Maldives vacationing uh, they did announce that they tested uh, negative for COVID multiple times before going but they have highlighted their trip on social media, and it's been awesome to watch because, of course, Dean and Kaylin are just great at producing film so and good. content. You know, yeah. They're incredible at it. Yeah. Oh, 
Jared and I want to go to the Maldives now, of course. It's like the yeah. greatest advertisement ever. Jared's like the person who doesn't want to like leave his home state ever and thinks that like it provides everything he'll ever need in life. Uh, but then he sees their footage from the Maldives and he's like, yeah, I could take a six, I could take a 16 to 18 hour flight for this. And as yeah. Kaylin says, she said it was three planes and a boat. Yeah, three flights two COVID tests, a boat ride, and then finally to the Maldives. And I think like we should just, we, we should clarify that they have taken all the safety precautions possible. Uh, Dean said that he was not really worried about getting sick himself, but that he was concerned about getting somebody else, else sick. He said that the airline they took, Qatar, took very strict protocols um, to make them feel very comfortable. And um, they, yeah, they've been tested negative multiple times. So... I tell and you they what. wore a shield on the plane for a long, long time. We've been so doing they this did podca- it safely, guys. We've been doing this podcast for a while, Ashley. I wonder if uh, we should do a live virtual from the Maldives. From the Maldives, I feel like that's a good move for us, <laughs> right? It's pretty, pretty fair request. <laughs> could I, could I go as far as saying we deserve it? No, that doesn't feel right. Maybe, maybe we would like to. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay, well, here's a shout out. <laughs> we get a message from our producers on the Zoom. They go, great idea, guys. Yeah. Um, well, if Qatar wants to hook us up with the same fl- uh, seats that Kaylin and Dean had on their flight, I'll be there. I'd, I'd, I'll be there. I'll so, be hey, there. Qatar. <laughs> no questions asked. Well, Ashley, coming up after this, uh, we, uh, we will have a few guests coming on to continue to break down Claire's episode. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it's going to be great to talk to them. And, uh, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, this has been an awesome episode. It's been really great just to have uh, a show to talk about, to have headlines to talk about. Uh, it feels like uh, we've never left, but in a sense, it feels like we're back. And we're back and grooving again. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll have Robert Graham on uh, talking everything Claire season. <laughs> What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. As we tease before the break, uh, Robert Graham is on the line now. Robert, this is his first time to the Almost Famous podcast. So welcome to the family. Thank you so much. Appreciate hey, Robert. it. Robert, you were in hey, Desiree you? season, right? I was, I was, yeah. So we had Desiree season, Bachelor in Paradise season one. Were you ever on a Bachelor pad? I was not on the Bachelor pad. I was on <laughs> season one of Paradise, and that was the end of my Bachelor days. Uh, but it wasn't really, because you've been such a, a friend of the contestants since you've been on the show. You dated Becca Tilly. Um, it's true yes yes and you've hung around like you've been at the stage coaches you know that are so Uh often talked about (laughs) (laughs) i i have been at the stage coaches a lot of those (laughs) i've never been i've never been i uh oh you're missing out it's fun i bet yeah i uh i never made it to stagecoach but i've heard so many things about it and they all seem uh intriguing uh (laughs) to say the least uh so uh yeah anyways uh, Robert, uh, where are you living now? Uh, I'm in LA still. I live over in Santa Monica. 
Okay, that's how that's how you get invited to Stagecoach. I've always wondered. I've said it on the podcast before. I've never got invited to Stagecoach, but one day I plan on being there. <laughs> well, if, if it ever comes back, we'll go together. Sounds great, man. So you were on Bachelor in Paradise 1 with Claire. No, I don't yeah. think you ever had a romantic storyline with Claire, right? No, no romantic storyline with Claire. Zach had, had that, I guess, <laughs> somewhat, but no, we were just friends. So, like, tell us about, like, your relationship with her while you were there and, you know, her talking to the raccoon and all of that. Well, I mean, we had a relationship prior. Um, we were friends uh, before going on the show. And and then we were on the show and we obviously knew each other. So it was it was a pretty easy thing between us. Um, we got along really well. We actually went out. I think it was the, the first date of the show or one of the first dates of the show was her and I. Um, and I believe she oh, so asked me. You did me, go on a date. Yeah, we did. We went on the first date, um, I believe, of the show, and uh, we had a good time. It was it was uh, it was fun. She asked me. I think I was just saying she asked me because we knew each other prior to the show, and um, I think it was it was more of like you know, comfortable with you. This will be a fun day. Let's go have a good time rather than a romantic thing. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever kiss? No, no, we didn't. I think I attempted to kiss her in the ocean, and she turned her head to the side, and I asked her. I was like, listen, I I think they might have got that on camera, but please God, don't tell them that you just denied me in the ocean. That would be bad. <laughs> and she did. So that was cool. Okay. That's so good. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, so you yeah, had was... a girlfriend for a while. Is that no longer? That is no longer. No. Yeah, we broke up. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I mean, that's tough. That's you guys were cute together. It's all right. It um, but recently, it looks like you've been getting cute and cuddly with Christina Shulman. <laughs> uh, Christina and I are just friends. We've been friends for a long time. Um, so we just hang out and and yeah, we're just we're just friendly. We hang out and and have a good time and known each other for a while. So that's that's kind of that. I feel like I remember, like, at, there was one point where you guys may have been, like, sort of seeing each other. Do you ever think that you could get to that point again? Because, you know, the best relationships come out of friendship. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I love Christina. She's great. I mean, we have a really good time together, and we get along really, really well. Um, so I guess you never know, you know? Something something could come of it maybe at some point. But mm-hmm. um, right now, yeah, we're just we're just friends. Okay. All right. Sounds promising. All right. So, you know, we saw the episode. We see her infatuation with Dale. Is Dale the kind of guy that you would picture Claire with? And and how would how would you describe a man that you would picture Claire to be with? Like, what's her type and what is um, the qualities that you think she needs to have? Yeah, for Claire, um, I think, you know, she's got to have a really strong man in her, her life, somebody that's very confident. Um, you know, I, I think, I think Claire's a, a strong woman and she knows what she wants and, uh, and she's going to let you know. So I think, I think, um, you know, he's got to be confident, uh, strong, successful, knows what he wants out of the relationship and, um, you know, is going to kind of be okay with, with having somebody that's, that's his, his equal in terms of, you know, their confidence levels and, and who they are as people. All right. All right. Well, we will 
see in I feel like fewer weeks than we normally see um, how this story ends for her. Thank you so much for joining us, Robert. We really appreciate it. And um, hopefully we'll have you back, um, you know, without four years going by. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll do it again soon. I hope you guys have a great day and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Thank Robert. you. You too. Bye. <laughs> What keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works. And for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. All that so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots. The podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. 
alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. As promised, Earlier in the episode, we just had Robert Graham on. Now we have two people that we're going to dive deep with. I mean, we're going to hold nothing back. Kelsey and McKenna are here to talk to us on the Almost Famous podcast. Hello, girls. Hi. Hey. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I have one question right off the bat that I just want to start with. Um, after seeing the guys on Claire's season, you two are obviously potential um, – Bachelor in Paradise contestants. Do any of them stand out to you that you go, hey, I hope Claire doesn't choose him because I would like to give it a shot? Yeah, I have a few, but I never like to judge a book by its cover. Oh, come on. Oh, yeah. There's three right off the bat that I am attracted to, but also the photos never do people justice. No. So, um, you know. It's more fun for me. Like I have my favorites, obviously, but to watch it through the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I think Brandon. Yeah, we both think Brandon. Yeah, yeah of course, Brandon. Brandon. Really cute. Um, I thought Chasen was really cute too. And mm-hmm. then um, I was intrigued with Robbie as well. Those were probably my top three right now, but it could change. Okay. Okay. What about McKenna? you, McKenna? I haven't really like really looked at anyone really much. Um, Brandon's good looking. He seems like kind of like my type a little bit. Um, Tyler C. I can't believe there's another Tyler C. Mm. Interesting. Um, no, when you see the episode and you guys, we do record this before the general public could see it. So Kelsey and McKenna haven't seen the episode. No. I will. I'll promise you that you will not be interested in Tyler C. After you see it. Wow. <laughs> McKenna's actually not watching it, so I'll have to Why? fill her in on. Why not? What happens? I don't know if I'm ready to watch the show yet. Um, You've had know. a longer break than anybody else has ever had between <laughs> I know, seasons. But I feel like I'm, I'm ready. Break right now. Um, I don't know. Interesting. I don't know if I would be down to do Paradise yet, so we'll see. Okay, well, um, Kelsey, then. <laughs> I know. It's, it's kind of, it's a little bit rougher on your group of girls, Peter's group of girls, because there wasn't a paradise season. So you, yeah. you girls, will be combined with Matt James's girls in competition to get yeah. paradise spots. Does that stress you and the other girls of Peter's season out? Um, I can't speak for the other girls. I mean, a lot can change in a year and we had a longer break. So there are a lot of girls from our season that are coupled up and like who? Yeah. A lot of people are in relationships. Sydney. 
Oh, um, Sydney. Interesting. Dating um, a football player. Um, she's beautiful. Oh, she's stunning. She's even more stunning in person. Uh, Maddie's, I don't know if they're official, but she's dating a basketball player. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of athletes uh, that the girls have coupled up with. Um, who else? What about Hannah Ann? Hannah Ann's single. She's okay. in fine life. Yeah, she's good. Um, I just think like, you know, it's, it doesn't happen until the summer. So a lot can happen in between then too. So we'll see, but, um, if I'm single, I'll be open to it. Yeah. Are you two like at all? And it's not even like, are you going to stay single so that there's that chance or are you both saying now we'll see what happens? I I personally want to see what happens. Like, I think if paradise would have happened when it was supposed to, it would have been a lot harder for me to go on the show just because I had I had a lot to decompress after yeah. the show, um, especially emotionally. And so um, now if it was happening, I would, but I also, if someone great comes along, I'm not going to skip out on that opportunity just so I can go on a show. Well, we thought we were going to rule out Victoria Fuller from going on Paradise back, you know, when she got with Chris Souls, <laughs> but now yeah. Paradise didn't happen and Chris Souls and her are no longer together. Do you have any insight that you're willing to share about what went what went down there? No, I just think, I mean, I introduced them and I knew that their lives were, you know, different and she tried it. And I think if the circumstances were different, then it could have worked out and it still could I just think she's at a different place in her life than he is and mm-hmm. I mean she loves him to death he's such a great guy as you know and um she wants the best for him and I know they still keep in touch but I think she just knows romantically right now it's just not in the cards for them gotcha because he's like I feel like a little bit more like I want to be with the person that I'm gonna have a family with and she's more like I'm, I'm free and fun to date around for a bit um, I would say that I just don't know she's fully like ready to make that commitment yet. Okay. Gotcha. So. I think a lot of people were wondering like, okay, it's not Iowa if you're going to move to Montana because she just announced this week that she's moving to Montana. No, no, she's there for her birthday. Wait, why did she say she was moving there? No, I think she said she was going on a trip and because she had said earlier she was moving, everyone just assumed she was oh. moving. I saw that too and I was like, where did people come up with this? But oh. no, she just, <laughs> yeah. she's there for her birthday was a couple of weeks or last week. And oh. so, yeah, she's out there. McKenna, I want to talk to you for a second. You made a comment earlier and we just kind of glanced over, but I really want to hear why. Um, mm-hmm. You're not ready to watch the show, which uh, is a personal choice. And there's obviously yeah. reasons why. Um, can we dive into that a bit? Please. Yeah, I think it was just like, um, it was tough for me to watch the show over. Um, I don't know, I think I'm not really ready to like, read people's comments online and like just how they treat people and just, it's tough. That's fair. That's fair. So, I mean, that's always an important thing that I think our listeners need to get a picture into is like, we always talk about it. There's these moments where the show meets reality, right? Like your your life is affected by the things on the show. Mm-hmm. And it's obvious that yours has been. Um, is this more of, hey, you don't really want to read the comments directed at yourself or the other contestants because that still brings back, you know, trauma? 
yeah, I think it definitely brings back like a dark time and oh, I can't get emotional over it, but yeah. It's uh it's fair, right? I mean like this is uh this is this thing that we all do hoping that um it's going to be fun and like, you know, I I've always said it like I everybody goes into this what doesn't get to see is there's no training for this and when when I did the show, my only hope as the bachelor was and my prayer was like, "Hey, I just hope girls leave this glad they did it." Like that's that's about all I can do and say and like hope for and cuz everything else is out of anybody's control. McKenna, are you glad you did this? You know what? I am. Because I think I grew a lot as a person. And um, I mean, Kelsey and I talk every single day. And so um, it was tough. But um, I think if I didn't do it, I wouldn't be who I am today. So like, I am proud of it. And it just was like a really tough experience for me personally. So, did you ever imagine that it would be the way it was, and the after effects would be like that for you? Um, no. Like I thought I was going to have like this incredible experience, and it was going to be good. Um, I think I just I cared too much what people thought of me too. Like if I could go back and do the experience, I wish I just like was myself. And just like, I told you that early on. Yeah. Um, it's not easy dating the same one guy with, you know, 30 girls and you have these incredible girls there and um, it's tough not to compare yourself. Right. So I think I definitely struggled with that and coming out of it too. And, you know, reading purple comments online and, um, but it definitely helped me grow and I don't regret it. Um, I think there was a lot of things that happened that I think I was kind of like um, struggling with my personal life and like didn't really wanna um, talk about it or I think just like even me standing up on the show, I think that was like such an important lesson that I needed to learn. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I feel like I'm just rambling now, no, but, no, um, I like rambling. <laughs> no, it's important. It's really is the one, you know, McKenna, like the one thing on this podcast that I think always helps, especially as the season is airing is bringing on past contestants that, that can speak from personal experience and say, Hey, like this is, yes, it's a, it's a reality television show. Yes. Yeah. This is wild. Yes. It's going to be dramatic, but it also is real. And it affects in ways that are both good and bad. Uh, I don't. I don't want to lean into this too far, but I just think that it's important for anybody to know what you you mentioned that you've. You don't think you'd be the person you are today without the show. Um, what things have you learned about yourself? What things have you processed um, that you're proud of? Uh, where you sit in that chair today? I think I've definitely become more of a confident person. Um, I feel like I can really just be myself now and I know who I am and I know what I want, especially in love and in a relationship. And I think a lot of times I didn't think I was like worthy of love or I didn't have like, you know, a voice and like standing up for myself. And I think being put in the situations that I was on the show or just, you know, you know, 
being viewed by, you know, six million people every week is not the easiest thing to do and having these opinions. And I think it definitely made me a stronger person, you know, have thicker skin. Um, and I think that's just kind of what I've taken away from it. It's just really knowing who I am now and loving who I am, even though it was a really tough experience. And, you know, I've gotten so many messages from, you know, younger girls just saying like they feel like they can stand up for themselves now or um, they feel worthy of love just from watching me on the show. And like, that is so incredible. But um, yeah, um, I feel like it was like a really big moment in my life and I grew up a lot and, you know, I'm still growing every day. I totally feel those lessons. I, I've learned very similar ones from the show. Um, I know that Ben and I, you know, we're always on this podcast speaking so highly of our experience on the show. I mean, like when I talk about it, I smile, um, you're upset. Kelsey, how did you, what kind of experience did you have? Because I like the fact that viewers or listeners are able to see different perspectives on how the show changes you. Um, well, I mean, I knew going in, I have a hard time keeping my mouth shut. So um, I, my, my mom and stepdad were both like, please don't cuss as much as you do. And please <laughs> like, be mindful of what you're saying. Like my family's always known I'm an emotional person, but I didn't realize going on the show that my emotions were going to be heightened to a place that I've never experienced before. Um, you know, like I'll cry in movies or if something really moves me, I'll cry or yeah. if I'm sad. I'll cry like I have no problem showing that but I literally cried at everything and I I didn't even understand but I almost feel like my body was releasing like energy that was so built up and that's why I cried so much you know how people release energy differently like I honestly feel like mine was through crying and I wish it wasn't like that but it was and I'm okay with it now it um but you know I got a lot of death threats, especially after Champagne Gate. I got a lot of people telling me to go kill myself. Um, some of those messages that they showed on the Women Tell All were my messages. And the thing that I didn't realize going into it is I knew it could be a negative impact on me or like my emotional or my mental health, but I didn't know it would have an impact on my family. Mm. And I think that that was the hardest part for me was seeing them see me go through the different emotions, like the highs, the lows, reliving my relationship, reliving moments that I would never want to relive, um, partly because, you know, of my own choices and I can own that, but it's, it's a lot, you know, when you go through an experience like that and then you have to relive it in a way that, you know, you, per everyone perceives their reality in a certain way and then you watch it another way and some of it you remember that way and others you don't, but it's, it's, it's not that it's the show twisting it. It's just, there's so many different parts that you don't know is going on that it just, I don't know. It, it was a lot for me. It really was, but, um, and I've never struggled with anxiety or depression or anything like that. And I definitely went through that, but, um, I did a lot of soul searching, which is why like, I want to be single. Um, I said in our podcast that McKenna and I did that, uh, November 3rd will be a year from when I got home and I haven't dated anybody since. And I wanted to take a year off from dating just to like really focus on me to make sure that I'm ready for my next person. Um, and I think my family needed a break too from 
all the craziness that I've caused them this year. But I mean, with it though, we had a lot of fun. Like every Monday I'd go over to my family's, we'd have a couple people over and watch, you know, the show and I'm going to miss that, but not the messages that my family had to get. And like, you know, even after Champagne Gate, my mom got messages from people. How could you raise a daughter like that? Like you should be ashamed of yourself. And that, those weren't my mom's actions. Those are my actions. So why are you, my mom was embarrassed. Like she, she didn't raise me like that. So for people to judge her was like hard on me. Such a interesting experience. And it, when you sit down and have conversations that we don't get to have very often, right? I mean, you kind of come off the show and you sit in your own little silos, especially when a pandemic hits and you don't realize that, um, you're not alone. Like you feel super alone because you just like, you're processing this whole experience that you didn't know how to deal with when you even went into it. And then you get broken up with, and maybe there's pain there, but there's also pain then when it re-airs and there's the opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, the interesting part, and maybe I just, we get to sit in a seat. It's a little bit different than the rest. And we're going to get to the seat that you guys are going to be sitting in with your podcast here uh, very soon. Um, but when we get to our seat, what Ashley and I have learned is that everybody has very real experience from the show and that you're never alone. Like we get to hear those stories. We get to process information with people. We get to talk with people over and over again that come off the show and have had struggles, but also great stories from the show. And the cool part is it's just what, what I've learned and seen is that like you're never alone in those moments. And if you feel like you were pushed aside, let me get, let me say this for a second. So a few weeks ago, uh, we had, uh, something that happened on the podcast that was unfortunate and I had misspoke and said some really stupid stuff. And I called my buddy, Nick Vile, who was on the show. And I said, man, I feel so often like almost daily that it's so easy for people to hate me. Mm -hmm. Like, why is it so easy for people to hate me? Why is it so easy for people to turn their backs on me when, when we're all just kind of trying here? And he told me this and I'll never forget. He goes, Ben, how you're feeling now is how most people that come off the show feel all the time. So I just want to tell you both, you're not alone in this and it's, it's great to hear from you. Thank you for opening up and being vulnerable with us. Mm -hmm. But with that, there was good parts that came. I don't want to, it was all like negative, um, it's just things that you don't think about. Yeah. We're going to get to the good stuff. We're going to dive into the good stuff. We're going to talk about Claire's season. Uh, I have yeah. I, I have some things that I want to hear from you, Ashley. I haven't even told you my theory yet, uh, but I have a theory about Claire's season that will make this the most dramatic season of all time. When we come back with the Almost Famous podcast, I'm going to ask you all about it. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> what keeps baby skin healthy? A diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. That's why Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better versus the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection to help keep your baby's skin dry and healthy. We have been a Pampers family since the start with Dawson. It takes you a few months of experimentation to figure out what really works, and for us, Pampers really works. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic, and they're free of parabens and latex. All that, so important. Try Swaddlers with the new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin, for trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you 
to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. It's time to hear her side of the story. Joe and Serena sit down for an intimate conversation with Maria Georges on Bachelor Happy Hour. I have to ask, I heard a rumor that you were dating at one point one of Drake's best friends. Oh, Lord, have mercy on me. Listen to Bachelor Happy Hour on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Bachelor Happy Hour. Listen now everywhere you listen to podcasts and don't miss part two Monday night. We're back with Almost Famous Podcast. Uh, We have our guests Kelsey and McKenna with us. Uh, Ladies, I have a theory. Tell me if I'm crazy, okay? Okay. So... Uh, we all know, and we've talked about it openly, that when you come onto the show as a contestant, you're locked inside a hotel room for a few days as you get some testing done, you do, do questionnaires, you do your, like, your marketing materials for the show. Like All that happens, right? And those are usually, like, I, I want to say, three days, give or take, where you're kind of isolated in a room. It's not torture by any means. They feed you. They water you. They make sure you have you know drink if you need it. 
but but it's just kind of a prep time for them to get to know you better I do think those three days heightened my anxiety and my emotions but also my peacefulness like I had a lot of time to meditate and pray and even to like do weird towel workouts in the in the room like I didn't I wasn't unhealthy coming out of it but when I finally got out of my hotel room I was so um, I had almost forgotten what the real world felt like in a sense right I was isolated now this is a long speech to ask you this question, but I wanted to set it up. These guys had to be in a hotel room. I don't know for eight days probably because they had to get tested two or three times. Um, they had to be isolated and alone. Uh, they had months to sit and kind of think about this show. So they didn't really know what they're getting into. And then they're put inside the Palm Springs in a resort. I have a theory that these guys were so um, had so much emotional buildup inside of them that there was so much like, inside their bodies by being quarantined for eight days in a room alone that they were going to come off this show and have the most dramatic season ever at least the first couple episodes because they had so much to output now agree disagree let me hear what you think I yeah I would agree I mean I remember how excited I was to get out of the the hotel room and like move into the mansion or like experience that first night but you know a week in there Mm -hmm. and you're you know six, what, five months of waiting to even film. Like I would be going, it should be just a surreal experience. You don't know how to act and like <laughs> how it's going to go. And it's just going to be like a, a gong show of crazy <laughs> experience. I, I think the first couple episodes are definitely going to be a little bit wild. <laughs> I think that, uh, yeah, the three days is almost healthy. Like I think it's good. It's introspective. It is meditative. Uh, is that a word? <laughs> it is today. Um, but like, yeah, like really centers you, focuses you. And then it makes like human interaction feel so fresh and exciting. Mm -hmm. But you're right. Eight days, if that is how long they had to quarantine, is a long time. And that may be borderline unhealthy. (laughs) I do. I mean, but they're not alone in this. Like a lot of people have quarantine alone, right? People are going to listen to this episode and be like, that's ridiculous. I've been in my house now for four months quarantining alone. But here's the point. (laughs) Yes, that's such a good point, Ben. Thank you for bringing that up. Time alone isolated like people have to be like losing their marbles a little bit like it's fair to say like hey if you're feeling a little down and out or if you're feeling a little emotional or you're feeling like weird right now this whole thing has been weird like we've quarantined alone for months now human interaction hasn't happened i don't know the last time i gave somebody a hug like outside of my family um but i'm just i watched this episode ladies okay. and i was like i cannot imagine Going into an experience, I have no clue what I'm getting myself into, being so excited, so nervous, so anxious, and then being told, okay, eight days to two weeks. We don't know how long they're in there, but like now you're stuck. I'd be like, I can't, like, I don't, I don't know what to do with myself. I have a a, a bigger question. Okay. You know how normally, but beginning of the three or four nights that we get before a season starts, you have to, uh, they take your phone, your computer immediately. Do you think they'd they'd let these guys have their phone and their computer for a few days in there? Nope. I, th- I think no, it was, that's crazy. What do you guys no, think? McKenna Kelsey, what do you think? No, no, I, don't I think that they did at least because wasn't there a girl on TikTok that was like posting a thing, but never said it was for the bachelor, but everyone knew it was oh. from this past from, season from like, the, from Matt's Matt season. Hmm. So maybe they never learned know. their lesson. What, McKenna, you didn't think they would. You've been a part of it. Do you think they took their phones and stuff? Yeah, I think they definitely just for so that long, but everything. That yeah. Long. You can watch TV. You can chill. Yeah, I think they did. Um, Guys, I really think they did. Uh, Here's my point. 
this is unique. This is wild. I am glad that this wasn't my season that I was on because give <laughs> put me two weeks in a hotel room alone. Like weird stuff's going to happen. Like, like there's no way you want a hidden camera in that room because like, I'm going to be dancing. I'm going to be working out. I'm going to be like trying to find ways to entertain myself. Like it isn't going to be pretty. I started ta- I started looking out the window during my first bachelor quarantine before Chris's season. And on the last afternoon, like the one before you're starting to get dressed up to go in the limo, I was looking out the window and making up stories for the people that were coming in to check into the hotel. I was like, they're here for a wedding. They're here like visiting their kids. Like it was so wild. Oh, that's so good. Well, hey, that was my theory. I think it's going to be crazy. Um, Definitely going to be a different season. Yeah, it's going to be different. Well, McKinnon and Kelsey, I know that Ashley had a few questions for you guys. uh, And uh, and I want to give her the space to do it. I do want to, though, kind of close this chapter of our interview off and say thank you um, for speaking openly. Uh, You're not alone in this. Um, I know that's a lot to process right now. McKenna, I... I think, you know, I didn't watch JoJo's season. I thought, well, I was in a relationship that probably would have made it weird to watch it. But um, <laughs> yeah. but I, I wasn't ready to watch it uh, emotionally. I It was it was too tough, too. So um, I, I applaud you for, t- you know, doing what's best for you. And Kelsey, thank you for opening up uh, about your experience on this show. I think it will give all of our listeners, including Ashley and I, a perspective, uh, especially watching these two seasons kind of back to back on what these contestants are going through. Also, I want to end it here and get off my soapbox and say, if you're listening to this and you are one of those bullies out there trolling the contestants, know it affects them deeply and you should stop uh, right now because it's not fun in games. We see it. We hear it. We feel it. Um and it's just never a good thing to be the person to cause harm, ever. So, I ended there. Ashley, take it away. So you guys were part of my husband and Dean's podcast, their spinoff. So it's Help I Suck at Dating. That's Jared and Dean's weekly podcast. And now they have a new spinoff called What a Girl Wants. And your episode, where the two of you talk about dating, is now out there on iHeartRadio's podcast and anywhere you listen to podcasts. So you guys both were pretty honest um, already in our interview that dating has not been a priority. Kelsey, you didn't really have any interest in doing it for a full year so what the heck did you talk about on uh the podcast i mean we did a q a we got dating advice um and then we just kind of caught up on our lives and what's been going on which is not a lot because we've been having a quarantine so have you stayed true to the whole i'm not going to date for a year so you have truly not been on a date since the wrap of peter season i've been on one date and then that's when i decided you weren't ready not okay yeah that I was gonna what happened during that date it was fine I just don't think I was ready I just think emotionally I did develop feelings for Peter so coming off the show it's I mean it's a different type of relationship that you develop when you're on the show compared to real life but also on the show I feel like things are sped up a little bit too um I don't know I just feel like I just wasn't emotionally ready. And so then I remembered this advice that one of my doctors gave me and he basically said, take a year off dating. So you don't carry over some of those um, maybe bad habits or qualities that you wanted to work on or fix 
into your next relationship. So you don't continue down, you know, a a bad cycle. Um, So that's kind of what I'm just trying to do is just, you know, make sure I'm fully mentally, spiritually um, ready for that next person. And McKenna, where are you with that next person? Um, Well, when we filmed the podcast, I hadn't been on one date yet. Um, I went on a date last week. Uh, that went well. So yeah, you're just... smiley. <laughs> yeah, it was a good day. It was a great date. Oh, yeah. good. Have you heard from him yet? Yes, I'm gonna see him again this week. So. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's a good smile. Uh, yeah. You guys, if there is one annoying thing that millennial and Gen Z guys do, it's Gen Z, right? <laughs> the one below us. <laughs> um, they, what, what is it? And what do you, what do you just need those generations of men to just cut out? I feel like I'm still kind of like in the age where people are using Snapchat to talk. You need to cut that. No Snapchat. Snapchat. Okay. I didn't even know Snapchat was still a thing. So that's how old I am. Text or call that's a good me. one. Do you guys, do you all find it uh, healthy or not in dating? with the access like to Snapchat or uh, text or calls or social media today, like with the constant communication, because I see people dating now, my, my like little cousins and stuff. And like, they have a boyfriend or girlfriend, like they are doing, I don't know how they have so much to talk about. Like it's crazy it's or crazy. like post with each other. Or I, I mean, I, I guess I don't really want to know what they're sending back and forth, but um, they're always <laughs> communicating somehow. Like, is that healthy or not? I understand. <laughs> See, I'm kind of old school in this way where I prefer to talk on the phone. Like I'm not a big texter. Um, so when I want to communicate with someone, it's usually a phone call. Um, other than that, I'm never on like Facebook. I'm on Instagram, but like if someone's DMing me on Instagram wanting to talk, like I just, unless it's someone I've never met before, I'm not really interested in communicating that, communicating that way. I'd rather have you just call me. Um, so I think it's weird all the different forms that there are and you you kind of lose that like connection or that human vulnerability with all these apps now because there's really no like you can't get in a deep conversation or or have that substance to a conversation yeah oh yeah that makes sense no generation z's way of that con of communication where they just constantly go back and forth on text all day long is something I just can't conceptualize for myself well, even with Snapchat, you're snapping a picture of yourself, writing a couple words, like if anything, just yeah. FaceTime. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm with you. I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing is I might I've read back my text when uh, like back in the day when I was still like really flirting with Jessica, like I still flirt with her, <laughs> but it's just different now. And she reads right through it. But like when I was really trying yeah. hard, like that stuff's ridiculous. Like the emojis I add, like and then maybe we like have a hard day. Side either winky yeah, face. Yeah, it's just grow. It's weird, and like it never reads the way you want it to. Like I always would text those and be like, "Oh, she'll like that one," and I read it back. I'm like, I wouldn't have liked that. Like that just sounded like weird. I don't know. I just don't get it. This this whole thing. Um, that's why I'm excited, you know, to to listen to you all, and I continue listening to Jared and Dean because dating for me is is something I don't understand, even though I'm engaged. It's okay. I, I tell Jared all the time, I'm like, well, you guys need to change the name of the podcast or something. You're married and he's in a serious relationship. Um, but he's like, you're always still dating. You're still always, you know, communication and oh, 
stuff is always you know present regardless of like the commitment level of the relationship all right girls well we are so thankful that you came on and opened your heart to us and everybody if you want more of mckenna and kelsey check out the podcast help i suck at dating what a girl wants it's out now so great thank you too Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right, Ben. Great episode. A long one. Covered a lot. And there's one more thing that I want to do with you. Uh So I finished reading your book. And you tease a whole bunch of dramatic stories that have happened to you that you could have focused on in the book, but you decided, you know, to go with a a different theme, understandably so. But it's a great teaser to so many stories. So I thought that over the course of the next couple of weeks, at the end of every episode, we can wrap up with you actually telling the stories that you tease here. Can I go through the number one, week one's story? Yeah, uh, this okay. will be fun. This will be a fun game. Okay, cool. You say there was a time where a minivan hit you going 50 miles an hour while you were walking on the sidewalk. That's a true story. Yeah, so uh, what Ashley's referring to is in my book, Alone in Plain Sight, which comes out February 2nd. If you want to pre-order it, that would be a huge help to me. Go to benhigginsbook.com. Um, this is not a tell-all, but this has has Bachelor. Ashley has read it. has Bachelor stuff in it. Um but it was a book that I really kind of wanted to like release my soul somehow, some way. Um, it's a project that I care about deeply and took two years to do. So go on and check it out. But in the book, I do highlight that um, I didn't tell all my life stories because they just didn't fit into the model of the book. And I don't think I'd write a second book about these stories. So we'll talk about them here on the podcast. Uh, the first one is me getting hit by a car. So I was a senior in college, Ashley. And um, it was Welcome Week at Indiana University. And my buddies and I were walking down to a fantasy football draft about a block down from our apartment. Uh, there are two guys. Wa- they were guys walking in front of me. They both played basketball for IU, so they're big, tall guys, and they um, had just gotten out of practice. And I was walking kind of behind them, and I was like, "Oh, you know, crap! I forgot my hat, and I want a hat." So we were just across the street from my apartment. I ran back. They kept going. Ran back across the street. Grabbed my hat. Was walking down the street. Had headphones in at this point because I wasn't walking with anybody. And before I know it, I am on a sidewalk and I get hit by a car, a minivan, in my left like side and it threw me about 15 foot onto these girls' patios. And I know some of the girls still listen to this podcast today. Um, He then hit uh, the electric box, the stoplight, knocked the stoplight completely over. Uh, He ended up spending some time in jail. But uh, what had happened was- You got a guy in jail for hitting you. I didn't. Um, in fact, this is how the story ends. It's really funny, actually, and really dumb. But uh, so I had obviously gotten hurt, had passed out. Um, I didn't have any massive injuries. I still have a, like a little bit of a weird hip issue from it today. Um, but uh, he had fallen asleep at the wheel and he crossed oh two lanes God. of traffic and ran up <sighs> onto the sidewalk. And that's when he hit me. There's pictures from it. And um, so long story short. Did you see him coming at you? No, you I had my back. I had my back turned with headphones in. I had no oh, clue. Like headphones, yeah. Before I knew it, I was up in the air flying, and I ran over. The, after I got hit, I jumped up, ran over to this guy's car, and go, "What just happened?" And then I passed out and don't really remember much else. 
what um, just happened, and then he passed out. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not laughing. You no, know, you what should. I mean. you're, no, you're, it was you're wild. Saying it with a smile. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a story and a half. I don't. I mean, it could have been a lot worse, right? Like I know people who have been like seriously damaged, but for me, this honestly was not a a massive. Uh, I didn't have any ma- major injuries, but long story short, the um, there's obviously like settlements and there's legal process to go through. All I wanted from the whole thing and it could have been a a lot more was I thought it would be really sweet if I could figure out a way for the insurance company to pay for a year's worth of massages for me and so as a result massages yeah so for a year of my life I had unlimited massages all through my senior year of college oh yeah that's all I got I could have I could have done wild things with this process it was definitely like very clear that there was like that there was misbehaving going on in this accident but instead I just asked for and my stupid college self didn't call any friends or family for advice on what I should do. I just said, hey, you know what? Let's do this. Let's get a year's worth of massages. You guys cover it. We'll call it even. We're good. And still to this day, uh, I look back on that time in my life and I think, wow, you are just not very smart. Um, (laughs) I was going to say you're either dumb or very smart. How many massages would you get regularly? Like Three three times a week for a school year. Three times a week? Heck yeah, Did you Ashley. have a like a car. subscription somewhere like a? Mis- I just had to bill them. No, just build them. Just unlimited. I think they were thrilled. They're like, "Are you kidding me? This guy got hit by a car going fifty miles per a minivan going fifty miles per hour. It's on video. There's pictures taken of it. There's tons of witnesses, and all he wants is a year's worth of massages. Settled, done. Call it good. Uh, he is our favorite um, person ever. Uh, but yeah, Ben. Yes. that is you. In in conclusion, that is Ben Higgins. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> just want just just want to be touched. That's all I need. <laughs> just give me some <laughs> love. Um, yeah. So next week, uh, you know, this is gonna get weird, Ashley. I like this idea, but uh, I'm not gonna hold anything back. Like there's gonna be some okay. stories that are shared that people are gonna definitely have a, a visceral re- reaction to. Um, but I'm okay with it. Let's do it. Okay. Hey, Yay. you're the. Ashley, you're the best. A great episode. Um, We'll be back next week with another episode of the Almost Famous Podcast, breaking down Claire's second episode of her season. With that, I've been Ben. I've been Ashley. Later, guys. Bye, y'all. Follow the Ben and Ashley I Almost Famous Podcast on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets 
and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast, and I had the opportunity to talk to one of Hollywood's major icons, Michael B. Jordan. In our conversation, Michael shares the highs, the lows, and everything in between, offering a genuine glimpse into his world. The closest to getting what you want is always the hardest. People give up right before they get what they've always wanted to get. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.